Thank you for joining Bogard Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, our study is entitled Christ the Faithful Servant, a study through the Gospel of Mark. During this study, we will follow the life of Jesus and recognize that true greatness lies in manifesting the spirit of a servant. You can purchase your copy of this book along with many other study resources on our website, bogardpress.org. So grab your copy of the Fall 2023 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. Today's lesson for October 1, 2023 is entitled, The Persistent Servant. It comes from Mark chapter 7, verses 14 through 23. The key verse, Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. Mark chapter 7 and verse 7. The application, The student will recognize that outward conduct is the result of an inward attitude of the heart. Seeking the context. The last time we were with Jesus, he tried to lead his disciples away from the crowd for a time of rest, but it was impossible because the people followed Jesus everywhere he went. A group of 5,000 men, not counting women and children, gathered to Jesus outside the city of Bethsaida. Jesus looked on them and was moved with compassion, and he began to teach them many things. Mark chapter 6 and verse 34. Jesus miraculously fed the 5,000 plus with five loaves of bread and two fish, verses 38 through 44. Jesus again tried to escape the crowd by sending the disciples across the Sea of Galilee, and he went to a mountain to pray. The disciples found themselves in the middle of a storm on the sea, and Jesus came to their rescue walking on water. This was also the moment when Peter walked on water, for a little while at least. Matthew chapter 14, verses 28 through 32. When they arrived in Gennesaret, a crowd was waiting for Jesus. We might think it was great that so many people crowded to Jesus, but Jesus thought otherwise. Some of the people wanted to force Jesus to become a political king, John chapter 6 and verses 14 and 15. And Jesus fled from them because this was not why he came. Then Jesus said to the people he miraculously fed, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. John chapter 6 and verse 26. Many followed Jesus only for what he could do for them, and not to accept him as Savior and dedicate their lives to serving him. Jesus explained to the crowd why he had come. He had come from heaven to give life to those who would believe. In his well-known Bread of Life sermon, Jesus said that they must eat his flesh and drink his blood, which meant that they must accept his death on the cross to save them from their sins. The crowd began to murmur against Jesus because he said he was from heaven. And what he asked them to do was hard to accept. And from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him uh, no more. John chapter 6 and verse 66. Yes, this was the moment in Jesus' ministry when momentum began to shift. Jesus' teaching became harder and more direct. 
and many were not willing to accept them. They wanted the miracle-working Jesus to serve them. They were not interested in taking up their cross and following him. The religious leaders among the Jews also turned up the heat on their opposition against Jesus. Our lesson today comes from a confrontation Jesus had with these religious leaders and their accusation against him and his disciples for not washing their hands properly. While we may have been scolded for not washing our hands before we eat, the reason was different. The Jewish leaders' insistence on hand washing was all about tradition, ritualistic washings, and not hygiene, for they thought that cleanliness with God was about keeping the body clean. But Jesus explained the true nature of defilement and cleanliness in the eyes of God. How does someone become clean before God? Searching the text. Number one, teaching the crowd. Mark chapter 7, verses 14 through 16. And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. There is nothing from without a man that enters into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If any man hath ear to hear, let him hear. Word of Jesus' popularity in Galilee had made its way to Jerusalem, and Pharisees inscribed from Jerusalem came to see him. They were there for one reason, to discredit him. Jesus had already been criticized for not fasting and for supposedly violating the Sabbath. He just would not follow the Jewish oral laws, and it infuriated them. On this occasion, it was about hand-washing, Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. The Jews thought that by washing properly according to their traditions, they were clean while everyone else was unclean. It made them better than everyone else, they thought. It made them clean in the eyes of God while all the Gentiles and sinful Jews were unclean. They were totally wrong, and Jesus would tell them so. Quoting Isaiah and calling them hypocrites, Jesus told them that they were good at talking religion, but their heart was not in it. Verse 6. He scolded them by saying their doctrines and traditions had become more important than the commandments of God. In fact, many of their traditions ran contrary to the commandments of God. Verses 9 through 12. Their traditions not only caused them to treat others wrongly, but they also expressed a wrong idea about the nature of sin and personal holiness. After rebuking the hypocrisy of these religious leaders, Jesus turned to the crowd to explain the nature of true holiness. These were the people Jesus previously referred to as sheep without a shepherd. The religious leaders showed little care for the common people and led them astray. Jesus said they were the blind leading the blind, Matthew chapter 15 and verse 14. They did not feed the flock with the word of God, but loaded them down with their burdensome traditions. Jesus showed them compassion and taught them the truth. The word defile is key to understanding Jesus' words in Mark 7:15. It means to be common as opposed to holy. 
It refers to being ceremonially unclean as prescribed by the law. Jesus said that the true nature of being clean and holy before God had nothing to do with eating with unwashed hands or even the food we eat. Verse 19, true holiness is a matter of the heart. If the heart is not made clean, it does not matter that the body is clean. This was so important for the people to hear because the traditions of the religious leaders had given them a wrong understanding of salvation. A person will go to hell with clean hands if he does not have a clean heart. But a person can go to heaven with dirty hands if he has a clean heart. The heart is made clean only through salvation in Jesus Christ. Do you have ears to hear what Jesus is teaching here? Number two, teaching the disciples. Mark chapter 7, verses 17 through 19. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he said unto them, Are you so without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into a man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into his belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. Likely entering Peter's house in Capernaum, the disciples questioned Jesus concerning the parable he spoke about defilement. Jesus rebuked their lack of understanding, but explained the meaning more fully. Jesus made it clear that he was talking about food. As creator of all things, Jesus had insight into the human body, not known at the time. He understood the inner workings of the digestive system and how impurities are purged from the body. What we eat does not enter or defile the heart. In case you missed it, Jesus just overturned all the dietary laws concerning clean and unclean foods in the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 11. He essentially said that all food is available for human consumption. Later, the Apostle Paul wrote, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. The Lord also taught Peter this lesson in Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 16, preparing him to preach to the Gentile Cornelius and his household. He told Peter, What God hath cleansed, that call thou common. In Acts chapter 10, verse 15, the word common is translated from the same Greek word for defile used in Mark 7, verse 15 and 18. But Jesus' words were less about food and more about the heart. While it has been shown that certain foods are better for our physical bodies than others, what we eat or do not eat has nothing to do with our spiritual condition. But meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, and neither if we eat not are we the worse. 1 Corinthians 8 and 8. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. While clean and unclean food, according to the Old Testament law, is not an issue for us, Sometimes we become confused over what constitutes true holiness. Another word we often see in the Bible 
that means holiness, is sanctification. And the similar word, sanctified. 1 Corinthians 6.11 tells us that believers are sanctified, made holy by being washed, sanctified and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Holy Spirit. When we are saved through faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit regenerates, born again, and renews us, taking up residence in our lives to make us spiritually alive. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. True holiness comes from being saved. Furthermore, living a life of holiness comes from being led by the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, and making Jesus Lord of our lives. Jesus prayed for our sanctification, holiness, which comes by the truth of God's Word, John seventeen seventeen. Spiritual people are capable of discerning the Word of God and seeking to live according to God's ways and commands, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Church attendance, giving offerings to the church, serving others, and moral living are all good things and commanded of the Lord. But if we do these things with the wrong heart, we are not holy. Following a list of rules, avoiding immorality, and performing good deeds do not necessarily make us holy. We might be good hypocrites looking for the acceptance and praise of people. We might be uplifting ourselves as better than others like the Pharisees and scribes did. Only when we serve God out of love and devotion to Him are we coming to the true meaning of holiness. Serving God with a pure heart is true holiness. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. How would you define holiness? Number 3. Teaching a lesson. Mark chapter 7 verses 20 through 23. And he said, That which cometh out of a man that defileth a man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceedeth evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Jesus got down to the essential truth. He was trying to convey the wickedness of the human heart. Sinful actions always begin in a wicked heart. Jesus made this point again and again in his Sermon on the Mount. For example, a man may not literally commit adultery, but Jesus says that whoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Matthew chapter 5 verse 28. James elaborated on sin coming from the heart by writing, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. James chapter 1 verses 14 and 15. Sin begins in the heart, and our hearts produce all manner of evil desires and actions. It is our hearts that need to be changed first. And when our hearts are changed, our actions will follow. This is why it is pointless to work on self-improvement without personal salvation. When we are saved, we are given a new heart 
and a new spirit which motivates us to live by the word of God. Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27. It is not until we are saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ that we can do the good works which God, God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Now, after we are saved, everything changes. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us to urge us to pursue the things of God. We are to be holy because God is holy. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Yet it is a struggle because we still have sinful flesh. There is a battle inside our hearts, the flesh versus the spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. As one man said to me one time, the one we feed the most will win. We must feed our spirits with the word of God and starve our flesh of the lust it desires. Only then will we begin to live in true holiness. Can you describe the battle of the flesh versus the spirit inside of you? Setting the application. It would be wrong to say all traditions are bad. The apostle equated traditions with doctrinal truths, 1 Corinthians 11.2, 2 Thessalonians 2.15. But we need to check our traditions with the truth. Just because it has been done a certain way for many years does not make it right. Only what God says on the matter makes something right. It is wise for us to test our personal and church practices with the Word of God. If we are not careful, we can become traditionalist, in which our traditions become more important or run contrary to the commands of God. Let us pursue personal holiness. It begins in the heart. If you are not saved, start there. Look to Jesus and his death on the cross that paid for your sins. Put your faith in him and be saved. Then the Holy Spirit of God will indwell and lead you in the way of holiness. No amount of human effort can substitute for the power of the Holy Spirit living inside our hearts. How can you pursue holiness in your life this week? Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Bogard Press Through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue learning from Christ the Faithful Servant. Bogar Press is the publishing ministry of the American Baptist Association. We exist to equip churches with the resources they need to carry out the Great Commission. These resources include Bible study materials for preschoolers through adults, including Sunday School, Children's Chapel, Baptist Training Course, Bible Challenge, and Vacation Bible School. Please visit our website to find all ministry resources you will need at bogardpress.org. That's bogardpress.org. Until next week, find daily encouragement from our daily devotionals at bogardpress.org.